everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Pot on You Loons. I'm Justin. Pot on You Loons, this is Sam. Pot on You Loons, this is James. And guys, three days on, still not a penalty. Still not a penalty. Still I mean, not over it. I mean, it should have been it should have been a foul on the other guy, but whatever. Still not over it. Hey, happy national night out though. Recording on a Tuesday. Tuesday afternoon, right after work. It yeah. is national night out in the United States. You got anything like that, James? No, I have no idea what this is. What What is this? Tell me about this. You guys were texting, were WhatsApping about it, and I had no idea what this was. National night out is when basically your neighborhood sets up a meeting spot and just everyone in the neighborhood brings some food. Like we have a little potluck, just bring some food, bring some drink, and just everyone hangs out. Kind of the one time a year all the neighbors see each other, honestly. Huh. Cool. Yeah, we Yeah, it's like I the think... one time that passive aggressive Minnesotans are forced to like talk to their neighbors and stuff. <laughs> like they've like required it. <laughs> now all of you be nice. <laughs> Instead of one just night. like just just nodding and like the smirk, like the the Peyton Manning smirk thing that, that, that we all do, like that's we have to go talk to people. We we have something similar, like we there's been a few ads recently for like a there's like a neighborhood day where you kind of just do something in your own the front of your own house and then people come around and like get a coffee or a cake or something but i don't have like that doesn't work for me because i'm in an apartment building so i don't know when that day is well do you guys have any topics for well i i guess justin and i can give each other advice on topics to bring up like little small talk um, I'm, I'm sure the, I'm sure the smoky air will probably be a topic of conversation. That's what I was going to say. It's going to, I'm sure I'll hear at least one person say, man, it's great to be outside today. Ooh, that, that smoky air was tough. Like we love talking about the weather. Weather will be definitely topic a yep. in my neighborhood. I'm sure. I mean, every country talks about the weather. Like the Brits talk about weather all the time and they think their weather is so bad, but it's really not that bad. No, the, the problem is the Brits have a thing where it's like, we'll complain when it's raining and wish it was summer. And then when it starts getting hot, we'll just whinge that it's too hot and that it and that we're just dying. And then when it rains again, we're like, oh my God, we got two weeks of summer. Are you joking? Where that whole two weeks we just spent dying and complaining that it was like far too hot. So it's basically no pleasing what happens. Yeah, it, and like that's no exaggeration. I was in... Um, actually, James, I was in your hometown's train station, Guildford. I was on my way to Gatwick Airport and I was talking to the woman at the ticket desk. And I swear it was only like 75 degrees Fahrenheit, which I, I don't know what that would be in Celsius. But right, like 70 degrees is like an ideal indoor temperature. So it only being 75 degrees outside, I thought it was pretty darn nice and she was talking all about how she couldn't sleep last night because it was so hot it was like yeah 24 what's going on here that's 24 degrees for everyone else that's not very warm <laughs> <laughs> yeah and it was like july yeah I, I don't know justin you gonna bring up the loons to any neighbors you think that'll be small talk maybe maybe i don't know i I, I was trying to think about the things in my head that I could talk like, cause I haven't met a ton of my neighbors. It's like, what do I, what do I say? Like, do I, 
Like, I mean, of course, like the job, right? Like, oh, I teach seventh grade math. Half of them will say, I would have hated you when I was in seventh grade. <laughs> typical, Classic. Typical stuff. And then, I don't know, do I say like, I like sports? I don't know. Yeah, I, I've, I've tried to think about that. Maybe I'll bring up the loons. Maybe I'll try to get some some listeners. I'm No, I, I'll scratch that. I'm definitely not going to tell people to listen to my podcast. <laughs> I'm sorry, Sam. <laughs> no, you've got two cats now. You, that's you true. Kittens. That's a great com- bring pictures. And and having two cats is a is a way for us, you know, at whatever like seven thirty for us to be like, oh, you know what? We got to go back and we got to go back to the cats. You know, it's nice to have that 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 instant out. Like anytime <laughs> you're, you're like you've you've been here, I, I, you know, like we look at each other, we give each other a look, like we're both ready to leave. Like we've we've spent enough time. We could be like, up, oh, gotta gotta go hang out with the cats. Uh, gotta make sure they're doing okay. You're playing like the father card, but it's actually like cats <laughs> instead of an actual child. Yep. I, I hope Sam doesn't leave his kid at the house and say, yep, we got to go back and uh, we got to fend to our daughter. Sorry. Well, she has a bedtime, so I have like the easiest excuse. The only trick is when people are like, oh, well, only one of you has to go back, right? And then I put Cece to bed and Sarah stays with the neighbors. <laughs> I... I, I Knowing Sarah, I'm sure she would not be a fan of that arrangement. She'd- no, no. <laughs> <laughs> Getting ditched. I, yeah, especially being like nine months pregnant. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I think I appreciate things like neighborhood night out a little bit more. I I like the just random excuses to do something a, a little bit more than Sarah does. But I still always am stumbling for a topic. And yeah, Justin, you hit the nail on the head when you're like, okay, I think I've talked to the same person for long enough and like we're both thinking the same thing, but we both don't know how to end this conversation. Too polite. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, you can talk about the uh, unvaccinated Vikings, right? I'm sure that's going to be a fun topic for people to talk about. <laughs> no, you don't bring up religion or politics in the United States, James. <laughs> Wait, which the ones do the Vikings fall under? Religion? Well, politics, because vaccinations... Well, that's a that's a bummer because like that's that you talk about sports, right? So I like I can't bring up the Vikings because yeah. it might offend someone. They might say, "What do you think? What do you think?" <laughs> <laughs> Man, it's been. I tell you what, sidestepping the the loons for one second, like the past few days of training camp in the NFL. If people haven't looked it up, go and look it up. There is some weird, wild, and wacky stuff happening. Talking about we talk about the Vikings. My, my poor Colts seem to all have foot injuries that need surgery. And the Giants just had a full-on brawl. Like, nope. everybody was fighting on the training the, field. The Giants stuff is funny, too, James, because, like, the old-school coach is, like... Well, the, so the old-school coach, like, the yell at the guys and make them run thing is, I would say, is dead. Should be dead. Like, it doesn't work. But, like... The Giants head coach is really trying to make that happen. Like you listen, you read the stuff, James, like he's making them run sprints and stuff. He's making these millionaires, these multimillionaires run sprints and he's like swearing at them. I don't think that's going to go very well for the Giants, to be honest. (laughs) But I, yeah, to talk about the Vikings, just, just, just for a a little bit. uh, I knew that we had a lot of unvaccinated people. And I learned today that we have the lowest vaccination rate in the NFL. So, <laughs> good day to be a Vikings fan. Yeah. 
Yes. Yeah, I like the comment that Justin sent earlier today in our WhatsApp group. He was like, all of a sudden, the Packers are like having the most stable regular offseason <laughs> in the NFL. <laughs> I mean, I mean, you also have reason to celebrate, right, Sam? If we're talking about Wisconsin, because the Bucks won the NBA Finals, right? They did. We've recorded since that, though. Have we? Yeah. I thought I'd bring yeah. it up again. I was watching more videos. James, about. James, the window of Sam caring about the Bucks has passed. Like they won the championship. <laughs> he got to get excited. He got to say, "Let's go." And then he moves on with his life until next year when they maybe make the playoffs. No, they'll make the playoffs, but. Sam, when will you start caring again? Do they have to make it to the finals now? Or is it going to be, you know, like the West uh. the Eastern Conference finals? Like how long? Like, because now you've you've been spoiled, right? You have a, a championship. Yeah. Like how long until you care? I don't typically watch any NBA on TV. I'll, I'll, my brother likes going. And I, if it works out, I like to take him to the games. But I don't Good typically. Brother. Yeah. I, I don't typically watch any NBA on TV, like on purpose, until the playoffs. Typically, on at purpose. The playoffs. <laughs> yeah, you know, sometimes you're at the bar or whatever, and it's on. Not that I've been at a bar in like over two <laughs> years, but you you know, like you're yeah, at yeah, I get house you, I get and a game is on. Whatever. Uh, I typically won't seek out an NBA game to watch until the playoffs. And then once it's the playoffs, I'll usually at least have it on in the background. Uh, and then as we advance further into the playoffs is when I'll switch it to like the big TV. So once in the last 20, 30 years. Well, no, the, bu- the bucks have gone far a couple of times in the last three years. So Sam, I want to say that you didn't text us until the finals. And then like before game one, you're like, all right, I got to like watch a game and try to pretend like I know what's going on. So, well, yeah, it's, it's true. <laughs> like, let me dig out that Bucks bandwagon jersey again. I'm not a fan of basketball. I don't really care for it. I know it well enough to follow it. I'm psyched that my home state won the finals. I will say I get more excited about because I'm from Madison. I get more excited about college basketball. Uh, that that's kind of a Wisconsin thing is that if you're from Madison, you tend to, you tend to be that that's kind of a, you know, you're from Madison when, you know, the classic line is, well, I, I like basketball. I just prefer college basketball over the NBA. That, that's, <laughs> that's so Madison. March, March madness, March Madison madness. Yep. Yeah. But I mean, even that, so I am much more likely to put on a Wisconsin Badgers college basketball game, you know, on a random weekend day and, you know, if I'm not too busy, sit down and watch it. But even even then, it's usually on the back on in the background while I'm doing something around the house or something like that. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, NBA is on terrible times for me, so I never really watch it. But I used to be a huge Lakers fan when I lived in Australia. I used to watch quite a lot of games. Uh, of course, you were. Hey, I was I was OG since like primary. OG. Like I was primary 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 school Lakers fan. Yeah, I was I was a Lakers fan when they had Shaq and Kobe. You know the just the, the troubling <laughs> the, real the troubling times, the troubling times of the Laker dynasty. <laughs> James, tell me when you dabbled in in Major League Baseball, were you a Yankees fan or what? What which team did you choose for that? <laughs> I was a uh, Blue Jays fan when I dabbled oh, in okay. MLB because supporting an go. American team was just like ugh. <laughs> now, one Canadian team. They used to have two, the Montreal Expos back in the day. They are now yeah. the Washington Nationals. Washington Nationals, yeah. 
Yep, the Washington Nationals. You were breaking out a little bit, Justin. I'm pretty sure that that was picked up in the recording. But anyway, guys, uh, it was fun BSing. Let's talk a little bit about the loons. Yeah, right. We're we're still we're still all a little disappointed about how the Vancouver game w- went, but we have just first <laughs> some news bits to talk about. So first of all, breaking news. The reason Robin Lud does the bow and arrow celebration thing is because Robin Lud <laughs> sounds like Robin Hood. Shout oh out my to gosh. listeners. Oh. Justin, you probably knew this, right? I did, and and I'm just so disappointed. I'm not disappointed in, in James. Actually, no, I am disappointed. <clears throat> yeah. I'm disappointed in Sam. You you should be like, oh, he I would think that like your dadism would kick in and you'd be like, oh, of course it's Robin, Robin Hood, and he does a arrow bow and arrow. It's so cool. It's okay, guys. Though you can, you you can get a pass on this one, I guess. <laughs> yeah, thanks to the at least two people on Twitter who called it out. <laughs> That's uh, yeah. It showed us that people were listening, right? True. You just got to mess up, and then and then someone will bring it in. It doesn't. It doesn't take away from the fact I still love that celebration, and I still love that I got to see it twice, or yeah. once, once. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, once since the last time. And Foster Langsdorf officially retires. He is going to go to Stanford University and be a lawyer. So good job, Foster. Thanks for the memories. I think he played for us like one game. Thanks right? for the memories, Foster. I'm going to miss you, buddy. When you were our only our only striker heading into an offseason. Heading into a season, actually, you were our only striker. <sighs> Your claim to fame. He played two games for us, Sam. Two. Nice. Wow, how, how the mighty have fallen goes from being the team's only striker to retiring <laughs> in a matter of months. He played uh, four MLS games in total, two for the Timbers and two for us. Okay, that's four more than I played. So, so far, so far. <laughs> Yet. Patrick Wea is returning from Spain. Nothing much more to add there other than he is on his way back and will rejoin Minnesota United. But we do have a couple of, and again, we're not a rumor podcast, but we've talked about in the past couple of episodes how there are a few Twitter follows that you can pick up on if you are a fan of Minnesota United, where they clearly have some inside information. And Minnesota's 11, that's 11 with an XI, you know, the Roman numeral, gave us two tidbits that you know, this this guy, he's never been wrong before. So I trust that he has his sources. But the two tidbits that he has is that Minnesota United is scouting replacements for Roman Abila. As we know, Abila did not make the trip to LAFC or to Salt Lake City to play against Vancouver. So he, he's been away from the team. It looks like if you follow his Instagram, he's gone on vacation a little bit more than you would expect for a professional athlete during the season um <laughs> subtle <laughs> I, you know i i don't know how i don't know how things work out maybe that was during the year i don't know i just would have assumed that he'd be a little bit too busy for for that sort of thing but minnesota united seems to be wanting to m- move on from abila and then minnesota's 11 also is reporting that jan gregish will not be with minnesota united next year that the team is looking for a replacement for Gregish. I mean, I mean, pretty much already has one. Gregish isn't even getting much playing time now. Do you guys have any thoughts on either of these hot rumors? 
I'm sad about Abila because I think he's actually been a good player. Yeah, you went full nerd last episode. Yeah, and so, just refer to yeah. last episode about. Yeah, the same episode where we both didn't get the Robin Hood reference was where James went full nerd on Abila's stats. And I think he's just a. I think he's a good player, and he makes us a better team. But I think he hasn't got the playing time to show kind of everyone else that. So I, th- I think that sucks. I don't know who we're going to get in as a replacement that would be better than that or like would do more for us than that. So that's going to be interesting to see. I don't like, I don't know if it's just he doesn't fit or doesn't mesh or, but yeah, the stats show he makes us better. So that's going to be interesting. Young Gregush. Yeah, it's, that's a, it's an interesting one because I think he plays well and I think he's been good for us. But if you're not getting a start and you're a DP, I mean, it's better. I guess it's better for him to to go somewhere where he will start, you know. And if that's back to Europe and back to a team where he gets regular playing time, you know, I think that's going to be better for him. Because honestly, if you're having a DP and you're spending that much money and your DP is literally sitting on the bench, that's dead money. Like, go ship him back to where he can play. Like, he's been great for us, but it, it's time. And we get a free DB spot, so we can go and hunt someone else from Boca and just <laughs> steal them from Argentina. <laughs> you know what I mean? We, we, can ju- we can just find someone else, I think. It might also be time to maybe put a DP on a defender or something, like or a defensive midfielder or someone, because our, our attack is stacked. We're moving on from Abila and... Our, okay, I saw that look. So our, we, our we, I mean, we both gave James the look. Do you know how many goals we've scored, James? Yeah, our offense is stacked, <laughs> but we just don't score goals. That's what I, that's, I will say, though, we've scored six goals in the last three games. So it is getting better. But, I mean, we've let in five goals in the last three games. So we need, we need some help count. back there. One of them doesn't count. You know, we need, we need some help back there. But... We have the quality up front because, man, if we're moving on from Abila, who is a quality player, like, why? <laughs> like, why are we moving on from a guy that makes us better if... We don't know, right? We we don't know. Yeah. Um, I didn't realize prior to other people telling me, because I'm not an Instagram guy. So someone told me, check out his Instagram. He's in Miami. He's in New York City all during times when you would think that he would be with the team. And I I don't know, right? Like maybe he's on, maybe there's enough breaks in an MLS practice schedule that allow a guy to do that. But like, if he's not 100% in it, then I, I could see the team not wanting to, we don't know how much of his salary that Minnesota United's playing since he's technically on loan from Boca. But I could see the team just not wanting to deal with him if he's not fully committed. I think what Adrian Heath said when he talked about that they weren't bringing him on this road trip. I mean, I don't know the exact quote, but it was, we want to bring someone on the trip that can play defense along with offense. I think that's kind of telling of of maybe where he's at in Adrian Heath's, his selection group, right? Like, Adrian Heath, if we haven't learned anything, he wants scrappy guys that work super hard, 
that are always going after it. And I don't know if Abila is that guy. I think James, you pointed out like the dude can score, right? Like that's what he does. But I don't know if that's necessarily what I know. I know we want goals to happen, right? But like, I think, <laughs> yeah, I think Adrian Heath wants guys that are going to play. They're going to press. Like he's, the, you're going to be a number nine. You're going to press. You're going to find ways to get involved in the defensive side of the game. You know, like I mean, look at look at what happened with. I know, obviously, like who knows what led to it. Like Ethan Finlay, even right. Like the play that the penalty happened on. Like he's he's in the box defending for his life as a winger, right? Like this is the kind of guy that Adrian Heath wants. They He wants guys that want to play both sides of the ball. And I don't think Ramon Abila is that kind of guy. I think he is. And, and, and even from when I watched the game, when I went to the game that he played in, I can't remember which one it was, but he's just kind of chilling back, waiting for people to pass him the ball. He's not getting in people's face. He's not trying to like, you know, cause bad passes and stuff. Like he's just, waiting to score and that works, but I don't know if it works for Adrian, you know? So, and I, I think Jan, I think that the fact that Jan coming back has so much to do with Hassani Dawson's ability. And I would rather, I don't know about you guys, but I'd rather have a Hassani Dotson playing than Jan Gregus right now. Right? Like that's kind of who he's going against for his minutes other than what Ja'Cory Hayes, I guess in this last game. But again, I think Sam, you 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 and I talked about this on the group chat. Jacory Hayes gets involved on defense, and Jan Gregus doesn't. Jan Gregus is more of a pass offense first guy, and I think we have seen the way the midfield is playing right now. Adrian Heath wants those guys in the middle to be pressing, to be playing both like box to box, right? And that's not Jan right now. So, yeah. I, it's a bummer to see him go, but let's get a DP to help us score goals. <laughs> yep, let's score some goals. Yeah, I mean, like you look at you look down our goal list, right? And it's like Lod's far and away out front with five. Also, the man has three assists, which is also like the most assists in our team, joint with Franco. But then we have like Hassani, Ray, Adrian. Franco and Abila are all on two goals. And then Chase Gasper, Brent Coleman, and Ethan Finlay, Nico Hansen are all on one. <laughs> like, we clearly have people who score goals, but we just need people who score more goals. Because Lod's out there by himself, five goals, three assists. Franco has two goals, three assists. And Ray has two goals, two assists. Right, And everyone else is just kind of like, meh. <laughs> like, either one or two goals or one assist. Yeah, and so I, I was on post loons with Jeremy Rushing of 10K Pitches uh, after the Vancouver game. And I really thought it spoke a lot to where Jan Gregish is in the pecking order when we always knew in a 4-2-3-1 that there was going to be competition in the midfield just with the guys that we have available. And we knew that someone was going to be the odd person out. But then playing a 4-3-3, and having three central midfielders and having a- Hayes selected over Gregish, I think that was very telling that just, I think the Gregish era in Minnesota is is coming to an end. I, I think we all would say that we have a lot of great memories of his time here and that we, we wish him all the best. And, you know, he's not gone yet. He's still our guy, at least for the rest of this season. And we're going to cheer him on, right? Because he's been good to us and he's been dedicated to us. But 
as as a team gets better, certain people move on, and it looks like this time it's Gregish. I guess the only other comment I would have before we move on is Justin, kind of going back to your Abla comments. Like I agree with you about what kind of guy Heath wants. The comment about Heath that Heath made when he said why Abla was staying home. You know, and I've always said Heath is a guy that tells it how it is. I think that was an example of when Heath was just trying to move on and not answer the question. I think that something's going on. I really do think that the club just doesn't want Abela there, that they're not happy with just the presence that he's been and that they're trying to they're trying to end it prematurely. I I think that Heath just when, when Heath made that comment to me, it was just the political line, just the line that you have to say to move on to the next question. Not saying I don't agree with uh, you on your assessment of what Heath looks for in a striker. I just, I think that there's something else there. Because, yeah, statistically, there is no better player on our team for expected goals and assists in a game than that. Yeah, but you're, you're going off of his career, though, James. No, this is at Minnesota. Oh, okay. Yeah, there's literally no but well, there's one better player, but that's Patrick Weyer who played ten minutes. <laughs> so it's very how, skewed. how many how many minutes has Abila played? Two hundred and sixty-eight. So the equivalent of three full ninety minutes. So right on. Yeah, nerds win, I guess. Nerds win. Yeah, nerds and then always it's Lord, win. And then it's Anu. So. U.S. Men's National Team wins the Gold Cup over Mexico 1-0. That was wild. US- with your B team or your C team or whatever people were calling it. Yeah. Who, who knows? They were wonderful. That was a fun game to watch. Very proud to be an American. Then <laughs> I, I know Justin woke up early at 3 a.m. to watch the U.S. Women's National Team. Well, they lost the Olympic semifinal to America's Cat. Yeah, Canada. They lost 1-0. That does mean, so with Sweden also advancing in our Pot on You Loons Pick'em Pool for the Women's Olympics, Justin picked both of the teams that advanced to the finals. He has both Canada and Sweden. So Justin, who previously won our Euro 2020 Pick'em, he now wins our <laughs> Tokyo 2020 Pick'em. Congrats, man. I would I would like to say though that the penalty obviously like the the U.S. Women's National Team should score goals right like that usually helps you win games. That, <laughs> really? The, <No. laughs> the the penalty that lost them that game was just as soft as the the one against us. You know, like it was it was the same thing. It was as a, a like an offensive player and a defensive player running to the ball. They're both trying to play it, and the Canada person threw their legs in front of our defender and fell down and they called the penalty. You know, I thought, so, I thought the penalty was for the, the slap in the face or was it the like boot to the leg or was it both? It was the, the falling down, throwing herself in front of her. Like, right. I, I mean, maybe, maybe I'm, maybe I'm simplifying it. Maybe you're right. But at <laughs> least from, from my perspective, it looked just as soft, but again, we couldn't do anything like that was, Man, I I was not very awake the whole time, but it was not enjoyable. They got they got to they got to figure something out because not that not that there weren't good players out there, but I think I think we kind of saw the age of the U.S. Women's National Team kind of catch up to them a little bit. So uh, I'm guessing we'll see some fresh faces the next time around. There were some very interesting stats 
that they were talking about before that game that was like they the women's national team had scored in every game for the past four years or something and then in the olympics haven't scored in three out of the five games and they were like unbeaten in the past like 31 games or something and then they lost they've now lost twice so yeah also i want to go back to my comment when we did the pick them when it came up and i had the opportunity to pick canada or sweden i had the opportunity to pick sweden you I was like, no both i think or no, was it sweden was sweden it was sweden when I, yeah it was sweden when i was like you know what they're in a pool with the US. I just I, and Australia. I just I can't see them doing very well, so I'm just not going to pick them. Yeah, yeah. I appreciate that, James. So you're welcome. <laughs> and of course, then they beat Australia in the semis, which also hurts. Yep. For Madison, drew one one at Chattanooga. That is three consecutive one one draws. They are at 19 points for the season, which puts them in ninth place, which is out of the playoffs. However, Madison is only one point behind the teams that are placed fourth through sixth and does have one to three games in hand on each of them. So Madison in prime position to catch up and get back into playoff position of the top six. We're rooting for them. Guys, let's move on to LAFC and Vancouver. We pretty much had the same lineup for both matches. We had Tyler Miller in the goal. Our defense was, well, Gasper until he was hurt and he was subbed out for DJ Taylor. So DJ Taylor would have started the Vancouver match. But then next to DJ Taylor, it was Debassi, Coleman, and Matinere. The midfield as we... Referred to earlier, it was Trap, Hayes, and Dotson. And then it was Reynoso and Finlay on the wings with Lud up top in the nine. So that was our starting 4-3-3 for both at LAFC and at Vancouver. We've already complained about it a little bit, but I'm going to just throw this out there for you guys. It's been three days. How are we currently feeling about the penalty called against Ethan Finlay that led to the Vancouver match being a 2-2 draw? It's a terrible call. <laughs> soft. Such a such a soft call. Like and I guess at the time I think I told you Sam in our chat I was like they went to VR and checked it out. I guess that's not true. Uh they didn't look at it. So they just went with his word and and that he just decided that he wanted to call it a penalty, and it was really soft. Yes, yeah, so even the like, if I was watching back the highlights and the commentators were from like Utah, or they were Vancouver, or they were RSL. I don't know who the commentators yeah, it was, were. They it were. was the Vancouver broadcast crew. Yeah, it was Vancouver broadcast, and to be honest, they didn't even think it was a penalty. So I was saw something on Twitter. Like, are these guys not the regular refs, or are they like the? Can someone explain what refs they are to me? Because I saw a lot of hashtags about, was it pro refs? Or are they the usual refs? Or are they just a rookie? Or what's going on there? The FIFA pro refs? I I don't know much about it, but it's they are the regular MLS refs. I just think that, yeah, I don't know exactly how it works. We can look that up. You're putting me on the spot, James. <laughs> well, that's, that's what I do. No, okay. So basically, I saw somewhere that he was a rookie ref, or like he was 
he hadn't like refed many games. But it just reminded me of the the way people were talking about it reminded me about when the NFL had the replacement refs. And uh, these are not replacement refs. So if, right. if that's what your question is, they're not replacement refs. This is the regular officiating crew of the MLS. And it's just it, it's ridiculous because the amount of time these guys put into this and the amount of jobs that depend on winning in a, in a league like the in any professional league, really in any competitive amateur league either, like the amount of jobs that depend on winning and to just have such a blatant mistake to not even go to the video. And I'm not sure if he would have gone to the video, if he could have done anything about it, right? Like you're not supposed to be subjective to overturn a call, but man, to not even go to the video, just a complete lack of care into calling such a soft call in such a crucial moment. It really has me fuming because it's a tight guys. It's a tight table right now. I think we're in sixth, but we're very close to being in fourth, but we're just as close to being out of playoff position. And this season could be decided by two points. A home game, a home playoff game could be decided by two points or completely missing the playoffs could be decided by two points. We're in a tough race in the standings this year. And like, that's just not acceptable officiating in my opinion. Yeah. And I mean, you know, we are two points ahead of Real Salt Lake and four points ahead of Portland. And both of those guys have a game in hand. And we're equal with LAFC and four points behind Colorado. But Colorado also has a game in hand. So, like, these guys, we could easily go to seventh and be almost eighth. And fourth could potentially be five points away instead of four points, you know, if LA, if uh, Colorado win. But... Yeah, I mean, I don't understand not going upstairs. That's the one that confuses me. And you've got to provide, like, there's got to be clear evidence from VAR about why it should be overturned. But to not even go upstairs is like the... Yeah, I know people give the Premier League a lot of a lot of shtick about the VAR and the weird penalties and all that, but at least we go to VAR, right? Well, and... Like, typically, I would say, and I think most MLS fans that also follow the Premier League would say, is that the MLS seems to be using VAR better than the Premier League. I I think most people would say most of the world uses VAR better than the Premier League. This time, not so much. Uh, what, What also really frustrated me is there have been some bad VAR calls by England. Are, or that have taken place in England. And I know it's because more eyes are on the Premier League than the MLS. And I, I know that this was just a late night MLS game and that MLS is probably just hoping that people forget about what happened and don't get in too big of a hizzy over it. But there was never, ever an explanation that was sent to the fans about what was going on. And the MLS wants fan bases to become invested in these teams well, you become invested, and when you're invested in a team and you have points taken from you in such just an awful fashion, like, at least give us an explanation. Like, I, right, it's very rare for a league to come out and say, oh, that was the wrong call, that shouldn't have ever happened. 
but at least give an explanation for why the call was the call so that we can move on and just get a little bit of closure on. To my knowledge, that hasn't happened at all. And I did look for it. I did go out and try to find any explanation from the league on why that call happened. And I didn't find anything. Yeah, I didn't find anything either. The one thing that did make me a little happy, I have really greatly appreciated fans being back in the stands for most games. But since there were no fans in that stadium, you could hear the players talking on the pitch. And one of our guys said to the ref, is this your first game? Like I heard him say, like just hearing them say that to him was fantastic. So I hope his feelings got hurt. Uh, I hope he looks in the mirror and cries a little bit. And hopefully he doesn't make a crappy call like that again, because he's getting paid way too much money to make bad calls like that. Guys, the next kind of big talking point I have about this game is, and we, we talked about it a little bit with Gregish already, but Gregish wasn't the only designated player we had starting on the bench for these two games because Adrian Hunul, uh, which if, if you follow MLS salaries, Gregish is a DP, but he's a DP that could be bought down and really become more of a TAM player. Adrian Hunu is a legit DP. He makes a legit DP salary. He cost a legit DP fee to get him over into Minnesota. Started both games on the bench. Did get some decent playing time at Vancouver. And, and, you know, Gregish got playing time in both games, though it was very little in Vancouver. Gregish got more playing time at LAFC. So what are your thoughts on two DPs starting both games on the bench? We talked a little bit about Gregish earlier. And, you know, Gregish got subbed on in the 91st minute against Vancouver, right? So definitely end of the road, kind of bringing him on to the end. But I don't know. I think it might also be one of those things that is like schedule fatigue. And I don't know, like we don't know how good Hanu is at fit at his fitness level right now, right? Because... You know, he didn't play a lot before he came to us. So who knows if Adrian Heath is just resting him because he started quite a few games. Like, the guy is already up to, like, over 600 minutes. He's basically had nine matches and he started eight of them, right? So this was the first time that he was on the bench and then played at Vancouver. He was on the bench and he didn't get on LAFC. But maybe, you know, the guy is most definitely lacking match fitness. So I don't I don't mind if occasionally the guy gets a spell on the bench. I think it's going to help him in the long run. Well, and statistically, Robin Lud has been the better striker, right? Robin Lud is getting the goals. And I'm, I'm not blaming Adrian Hunu for coming in and having a little bit of a slow start. You see this all the time with high profile signings. You saw this with Robin Lud, right? With, with Minnesota United, but Robin Lud is the better striker statistically right now. And right. Like even, even though Robin Lud, we don't think of him as a striker. He's been playing that enough and he's been successful and he's been getting goals. Maybe Heath wants Adrian Hunu to get a little bit of a rest. But maybe it's just that Adrian Heath wants to play the team that he thinks is going to get the results, and he thinks that that's Lud. Yeah, I mean, and it makes sense. Like like you said, Lud has had quite a great year. He's already had 30-plus shots on goal this year, right? And Anu had only played 
the equivalent of just over two full matches the entire year before he got to us. Like, that's how little he played at Ren, right? He never played a full match, and he basically only had made just under 200 full minutes, and he's already played three times that with us. So, yeah, I don't mind if he gets a rest, but also, like you said, Lod's, Lod's killing it right now, so why not stick with the winning formula? Well, I say winning formula. You know what I mean? The, the better formula. The tying formula. A lot of draws. So many draws. So last four games, though. So our, our four games since the loss, the ugly loss against Colorado, we, we've defeated Seattle. We've defeated Portland. We've drawn to LAFC. And we've drawn, should have won, to Vancouver. How are we feeling about these past four games? How are we feeling about where we're at in the season so far? Honestly, if you told me out of those four games we would win two of them, I would not have expected those two to be Portland and Seattle. <laughs> Definitely. Well, you, just ass- you assume that one of them would be Vancouver, right? <laughs> yeah, you assume that we would have beaten Vancouver. No, I mean, I think, I think it's good, though. Like, it's... You know, we were on a we were on a bit of a streak, and then we hit a road bump with Colorado. But you know what? We got right back on the proverbial horse. We had two wins and we had two draws. And I think that you know it would have been so easy to lose momentum after losing to Colorado, and then having to play Seattle and Portland and LAFC. That, it, that conceivably we could have lost all four of those games, and then we'd we'd be back in the you know, talking about how we're going to miss playoffs and how terrible it would be. But we had two wins and two draws. Should it have been three wins and a draw? Yes, clearly. Were we? Did we have a lucky escape against LAFC? P- p- yeah, that was a banger of a goal right at the end. We definitely got a lucky escape. So <laughs> I think the universe, like, paid us back for the lucky escape uh, the game after. But I'm I'm feeling good. You know, I'm feeling that... We're heading in the right direction. And, you know, we've got Houston, LA Galaxy, San Jose, and Sporting Kansas City. We should win two more of those games. I would love to win all four. But, you know, even two wins and two draws, I still think would be positive. Every time we pick up points, it's always going to be a positive. So, yeah, I'm feeling happy. Happy days. Yeah, so Houston's coming to town Saturday, August 7th at 7 p.m., Christian Ramirez, of course, won't be there because he's banging in goals for Aberdeen in the Scottish Premier League or the Europa Conference or whatever the heck they're playing. Give give Christian Ramirez a follow. He's doing some pretty cool things with Aberdeen, so that's pretty cool. But yeah, Darwin Quintero probably will be in town again Saturday, August 7th, 7 p.m. Hey, Everyone, thank you for listening. That's all we have for you today. Sorry for being a day late. It's because Justin got two new little kitties. So, and James got his COVID shot. So that was kind of slowing him down. But then yes. Justin had his hands full. I'm Justin, fully vaccinated, guys. Finally, I caught up to you, Americans. <laughs> yeah. Months later. Months, months. later. I, I, I know it knocked you on your butt. Let's get out of here. Until next time. Pot on you loons. Pot on you loons. Peace. Peace out.